0: Bible reading before song. Uh, So our Bible reading today is from Matthew, chapter 15. Uh, It's on page 981 in your Bibles that you should have on your seat. Uh, We're starting at verse 1 and going to verse 20. So it's uh, Matthew 15 on page 981. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or their mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: As we stand, let's pray. Father, we're very quick to engage with all kinds of things and all kinds of people, but sometimes we're slow to engage with you. And slow to engage with you at any depth. But Father, you, you want to deal with all of us, the whole of who we are. And you want to do that because you love us, and you want us to begin or continue that journey of becoming the people that you've made us to be and claimed us to be in Christ. So Father, please help us to listen deeply to what you say. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please do sit down. This is the last of our current short series as we're going through Matthew's gospel and if you'd like to turn with it please, it's chapter 15 and it's on page 981 if you're using one of the church Bibles, page 981, Matthew chapter 15. I want to talk this morning about how you can be a Christian in a way that keeps you from Jesus. Jesus about how you can be, at least outwardly, a very good Christian, but you're a Christian in a way that effectively keeps Jesus out of your life. Out of your life in terms of changing you, of doing the things that he wants to do. You know, for all of us, there is a depth to us, a hiddenness to us, isn't there? Beneath the surface of what we display to one another and to our friends and our neighbors and even to ourselves, you know, the smiling personality, the good living person, the lifestyle, all of that, there is an enormous and very profound depth to every single one of us. A depth that has to do with our aspirations, our hopes, our desires. And that depth is not only something that is hidden to other people. It's often hidden to ourselves as well. We don't really understand the depths of ourselves. It's what the Bible calls the heart. It's the very core of who we are. It's the heart that drives us. It's the heart that generates the desires that at times can flow out into the way that we live and the things that we say. And you know, ever since Genesis 3, You remember in the garden, Adam and Eve, they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And nothing changes, except initially they realize they're naked. They were naked before, but what's changed is their perception. And it's very striking, they now hide from each other, they hide from themselves. And above all, they hide from God because they don't want Him involved. That principle is true of every single human being after Genesis 3. There is a depth to all of us. We have our hearts, and the heart desires what the heart desires, and the heart will have its desires. And we want to protect that. We want to protect those desires. The heart wants to protect itself and will do everything it can to ensure that that happens. We want to hide from each other. We don't want people fully to see who we are. And above all, we don't want God involved. It's possible to be a Christian in such a way that we don't allow God access to our hearts. We hide our hearts. We hide our desires. We cover them up. We don't allow them to be exposed. But there's no life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Without us allowing ourselves to have our hearts exposed and for Jesus to address our hearts and change them but it is possible incredibly easy in many ways to function in a, as a Christian and to all intents and purposes to appear to be a Christian without ever having had our hearts exposed and changed by Jesus Christ. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 15, verses one and two. The Pharisees, they come and speak to Jesus, they come from Jerusalem. Uh, They've come from the place of authority. This is an important delegation. They haven't come from Newcastle. (laughs) Uh, They've come from Jerusalem. And they ask a question, which is really an accusation. And they say, well, how is it that your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat? And some of you are thinking, how very unclean of them. You know, don't they know about basic hygiene, washing your hands before you eat? Everybody should do that. It's nothing to do with that. This is an act of religious devotion. It's an expression of your obedience to God and just how devoted you are. And as a sign of that, You wash your hands. The disciples don't do that. Now, the Pharisees have a really bad rap, especially amongst churches like ours. I have sat through countless sermons where this preacher has laid into the Pharisees, and I've preached some of those myself. I repent. There is something extraordinary admirable about the Pharisees. Here are people who recognize that true religion, true devotion to God must touch every area of life. It's not just a case of going to the temple on special days or observing the Sabbath. It is to be a religion, a worship, a devotion to God that touches every area of life, including the small things, the everyday things, the mundane things like eating, God is to be involved in every area of life. We have a huge lesson to learn, some of us, from the Pharisees about that. There's no compound mentalization. Not only that, in a culture that is broken and both spiritually and morally corrupted in all kinds of ways, even to the extent of the leaders of their faith, and their nation, the Pharisees were determined that they would demonstrate obedience to God. They wanted everybody to know there was a God who was the God of Israel, and Israel was called to be obedient to to that God. And so that's why they wanted to demonstrate in every area of life their scrupulous obedience, even to the extent of having a whole list of rules and regulations that aren't in the Bible, but they touch every area of life to the smallest detail. So I think we ought to have a huge amount of admiration for these people. But the truth is, for all their religious devotion, they are hiding their hearts. Their hearts remain untouched. Look at what Jesus says. In verse 8, he quotes from Isaiah. And Isaiah is speaking to the people of his own day, and Jesus is saying, Actually, you are exactly the same as they were then. Verse 8 These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's the heart that matters and it's not just an issue back then and not just an issue for the pharisees it's a here and now issue a here and now issue because all of us are born with hearts that have their desires and the heart will have what the heart desires And we want to protect that, and the heart wants to protect those desires. But we don't want everybody to see all of those things, and some of those things are hidden even from ourselves. We want to protect them from change. And so we're happy to function on an external level, and we'll do all kinds of things that can look very, very impressive in terms of religious devotion, as long as it doesn't touch the things that really matter to us. Things to do with our hearts that we don't want to address. And it extends to some really negative things as well addictions, lust, anger, greed, immorality, self centeredness, that we cover with what we think is an impenetrable veneer called christianity what matters is the heart in comparison religions really easy i know some people think the religion is really hard let me tell you the really hard thing is the willingness to deal with our hearts or allow god to deal with our hearts rather that's the hard thing Do you know something? You can't hide the heart and its desires forever and all the time. The heart will have what the heart desires and at some point, sooner or later, the desires of the heart will begin to seep out. You will catch glimpses, you may even catch glimpses in yourself, of what your heart really desires. And sooner or later, despite the disguises of religion that are so effective at cloaking our desires, sooner or later, we'll catch a glimpse of the heart. It will come out. You can't hide the heart completely, and certainly not forever. There is an intersection at this point where a person's religious practice, their Christianity and the desires of their heart intersect where the heart breaks through. So you have your desire to show how godly you are, how Christian you are, but the desires of the heart intersect that intersection is called hypocrisy and that's exactly what jesus calls out on the pharisees here um notice what he does they've asked him about the obedience of his disciples don't your disciples realize that religion should touch every area of life And so in verses 3 and 4, he says, yeah, you know the commandments, the Ten Commandments, the really, really important commandments, the commandments that you must obey. Everybody who is a follower of God, a Jew, must keep the Ten Commandments. Do you know the fourth commandment? Honor your father and your mother. In fact, if you go against that, it's an offense it's a capital offense. It's your sacred duty to honor your parents. But you're not doing it. You're not doing it. Isn't that extraordinary? Here are these people who are scrupulous. They wash their hands. They tithe their herbs. but they break the fourth commandment? How is that possible? How could somebody be so devout to such a level and yet break a fundamental commandment. I mean, you might miss. Herbs are a bit elusive at times, aren't they? I mean, working out a tenth of all your mint, or your dill, or your oregano, or whatever it is, can be a little tricky. But honour your father and your mother? That's so obvious, isn't it? How could they miss that? In case you don't know, as parents get older, things begin to change. There was a time when you were the child, and you were the expense. But as they get older, some of them get a bit creaky, and some of them get a bit crotchety, and some of them need special care, and some of that care can be very, very expensive. And so if you are going to honor your father and your mother, it might touch your bank balance. And you start to do the calculations. Nursing home, care, maybe going to live with us, extension. And you start doing the calculations for that, and you start doing the other calculations about school fees, holiday, holiday property that you want to buy up the coast, that foreign trip that you want to make, And you think, this is not possible. And so you're caught in a dilemma. You want to obey the fourth commandment. But you want to protect the desires of your heart. How do you do that? Well, there's this wonderful thing called religion. And religion has a way out. It had a way out for them then. You see, what you could do is you could say to your mom and dad, uh, can we have a conversation? Uh, look, I know things are getting really difficult for you, and I, I I feel for you, and and you've been great parents, and you've cared for me, and and I, I know I I owe you everything, and I, I it's so lovely that you're around to look after the children, and um, but I realise things are getting so difficult for you, I and, and and you may need to go into some different accommodation, and. And I know that's going to be really expensive, and I, I, I just want to tell you, it breaks my heart to tell you, uh, we, we just can't afford it. You, 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 see, you, you see, our money has, we've devoted it to God. We've devoted it to God. It, it's His. And so I, we can't use it for you, because it belongs to God. That's what Jesus is pointing out here. It is the most blatant hypocrisy, isn't it? Verse 4. Well, take it from verse 3. Jesus said, Why do you break the command of God, the fourth commandment, for the sake of your tradition? You keep the details, but you break the big one. God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God, they're not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. See, what they've said is this, this money is God's, it's God's money. And which might have meant at some point in the future they would give some money to the temple. But mostly it didn't have to involve that. It was just a sign of religious devotion that didn't mean anything, but looked really good. You said, Mom and Dad, I've devoted, after much prayer, can I just say that? After much prayer, I've devoted my money to God. and and, and, and So it can't be used for you. What difference did it make to your bank balance? What difference did devoted to God make to your aspirations? to send your kids to that next school or pay their university fees or buy the new house or build the new extension? Nothing. So you've protected the desires of your hearts, you see, but at the same time, you're sitting in dose having your coffee and you're talking to your friends and you say, you know, I I just want you to know, guys, I've devoted my money to God. What are you doing with your money? It looks so good, doesn't it? But Jesus exposes it for what it is. It is rank hypocrisy. It is to cover, they are covering up the desires of their hearts in order to protect them, but at the same time look good. It's that intersection between the desires of the heart and their religious observances. And so in verse 6 he says you nullified the word of god for the sake of you, your tradition You're you hypocrites we can't see our hearts most of the time some of us can live a lifetime hiding our hearts from ourselves if not from other people But if we're going to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus, then we need to allow our hearts to be dealt with. We need to allow Jesus to explore our hearts and have the deepest desires dealt with and changed and redirected and repositioned And in some cases, eradicated. Without that, without that, there's just Christianity. It can look really impressive, as it did with the Pharisees in their religious devotion. People may be in awe of you, but it doesn't help you. And actually, in the end, it doesn't help anybody else either. In fact, it is profoundly dangerous for other people. So please don't think our hypocrisy only matters for us. It matters for other people. Look at what happens here in verse 12. The disciples came to him and said, Did you know the Pharisees were offended when you said they were hypocrites? <laughs> really? Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, not. They were really upset, Jesus. And you can understand why the disciples are raising that, because the Pharisees are these paragons of religious devotion. What's wrong with Jesus? They were offended when they heard this. And Jesus says, well, look at his reply. Every plant, verse 13, that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Hypocrisy will kill us. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. Hypocrisy amongst religious people doesn't just destroy the person themselves, it can have the most devastating impact on other people. Because we're all looking at each other, aren't we? And there are people who are not Christians who are looking at us. And people who are thinking of being Christians who are looking at us. And some of them may think they can do what we do and follow our hypocrisy, and it will kill them as well. See, religion doesn't work. What's necessary is a heart work. Look at what Jesus says. In verse 15, Peter says, "Can you explain all this?" And Jesus says, "I'm so pleased I've chose the A-Team when I chose you lot." Are you so dull?") <laughs> I love that. I love that. By the way, can you imagine the disciples reading this later on? <laughs> you know, Jesus, they're speaking about Jesus and who Jesus is, and, and then somebody starts to read what Matthew has said, and, or at least hear the story. And um, Hey, Peter, were you one of those people Jesus said was a bit dull? <laughs> really? Are you so dull, Jesus asked? Hypocrisy can be very impressive. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. From out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, etc., 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 etc. These are what defile a person, But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Christianity can keep you from Jesus. Did you know that? You can be a great Christian, at least on the surface, but your heart's never been dealt with. And what matters is the heart. If we're going to have a life-changing encounter with jesus christ we need to be willing to do the really hard thing of allowing our hearts to be exposed and for jesus to deal with them so let me ask you how's your heart How's your heart? Where is it? Has it been captured by Jesus Christ and His love? Is He changing it? Does He have your desires, your aspirations? Are you allowing Him to deal with the things you're struggling with? It may be lust, it may be immorality, it may be greed, it may be anger, it may be busyness. Look how busy I am. For Christ. <laughs> Does God have your heart? There is no life changing encounter with Jesus Christ unless we're willing to stop hiding our hearts and allow God to deal with them. The next story, which we're not looking at this morning, begins to show just how tragic the trajectory is of hypocritical religion. But that's for another time. Let's pray. Father, we prayed at the beginning and asked that you would help us to listen deeply. Father, to listen beyond the superficial and listen to what you're saying to the very depths of who we are. Father, please help us to do that and to respond as you're inviting us to respond because you love us and you want us to to begin that journey of a relationship with you and becoming the person that you've made us to be and fulfilling the purposes that you have for us. And having started that journey, you want us to continue and to continue going well. And so, Father, please help us to listen and respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.